Because there's just nothing better than this. The TrojanSports.com podcast kicks off. Right now? Right now. No, no, I don't know. You said. Cock-a-doodle-doo, Bob. Oh, yeah. Direct from Rivals and Yahoo Sports. This, this is the TrojanSports.com podcast. For a USC with Trojan Sports Publisher, Chris P. Swanson. Moving on. You, you better cut that out, man. I swear. That better, I better not hear that on the podcast. You mean about the him doing that? Yeah, we broke down. The, the Beat reporter, Adam J. Maya. Here we go. Yeah. Message boards. We start March. Yeah. It's the weekly radio show you need for everything USC. Is that your first joke? Follow Trojansports.com on Twitter at USC underscore rivals. The Trojansports.com podcast kicks off now. now, now. We're back. It's another edition of the Trojansports.com podcast. I'm the publisher of Trojansports.com, Chris Swatson. And I'm the beat writer, Adam Maya. There you are, Adam. It's nice to hear from you. It's been a while. How are you? I felt good to introduce myself. I'm doing all right. I'm thankful that spring is done. I saw a lot, and uh, I'm ready to talk about it. Are you? Yeah. We have to talk about something else before we get there. What? Uh, I think that we have a promotion going on that everybody should know about, because our site's awesome. It's really good. It's really good, and everybody should be a member and get all, uh, all this great access to all this recruiting info and all of your beat coverage. Uh, your spring coverage was very impressive, Adam, so I think everybody should sign up. It's called Spring Clearance. If you sign up for one month, you get free access for, to Trojansports.com until August. Yeah. It, so it's a great deal. It's been very popular as well. It has been. So welcome to everyone that has signed up, that has taken advantage of the promotion. All of our new subscribers, welcome. It's great to have you, and I'm glad you're listening to the podcast as well. Yeah, and Chris does a good job. He's very modest, but I believe you've done more than 100 recruiting updates since the beginning of March. I know we were at about the century mark recently, and I, I believe you've gone over since I looked. So that's what you've done in the time that I've been covering spring practice, we have a cool little archive on our homepage where if you missed anything or want to review anything, we have the practice-by-practice practice notes that I did. We have a projected depth chart coming out of spring practice that I just dropped on Wednesday. And we have just a lot of other content, a lot of interviews. We have features. I try to go all out. I, it's spring football. We get five weeks of practice, and so I really didn't want to leave anything uncovered. And, uh, in fact, we're going to be doing a Q&A podcast in the next week, and so we're going to be getting that thread on our board, and uh, feel free to drop your questions there and ask anything you want about spring football or recruiting. We can talk about that, too. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Are you ready to talk about spring? Yeah, let's do it. Ooh, I'm excited. Are you? I've been I've been waiting for this podcast. I have a lot of good jokes about an incoming freshman quarterback that's not even there yet that I've been saving. Wait, have I heard of him? You you might have heard a few of them already. No, not the joke of the quarterback. Oh, oh, JT. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Our good friend. Well. I don't want to say the joke now, so I'll save it for later. But yes, our good friend JT Daniels. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Can't wait. I thought we it's were always be there. Fun. 
No, I'm saving the joke. Don't worry. All right. It's, it's always be better fun, when then. you announce a joke and then save it. I just, I was just announcing that I was excited for this podcast because I've been saving jokes about it. Got it. That's all. You have a notepad where you. I do. A... I'm waiting for our segment on quarterbacks, though. Okay. So, are we starting with quarterbacks? Now let's do defense. The defense is the star of the show. Let's begin with them. Okay. All right. So what I thought we would do here is we'll go through each position and we're going to tell you if we believe that position is really in a better or worse place than they were at the end of the season. Okay? Sounds good to me. Okay. Defensive ends. Our defensive line, really. Um, where, again, it's still a lot of nickel and two down linemen, a little bit of three. So this unit, I could not say it's better. And I don't know that it, it would be better until maybe late in the season. You have to remember they lost Rasheem Green, a guy that's going to go in day two of the draft in either the second or third round. And then Josh Fatu, who is more than serviceable, but those were their starters right there. What I will say about this defensive line is that, while it might not be better, it's definitely deeper. And and that bodes well for the future, which, again, may be late in the season, but beyond 2018. I think this defensive line should be better. I think they are building a foundation for it to reach a higher level uh, in the near future than it has lately. I feel like we have not seen a great defensive line in some time. I think last year was good, like above average, right? Would you say above average? Yeah. Okay. And the year before that with Rashim and Skivy Kulikulavaku, I thought they were good. Uh, Rashim was obviously better last year, and Kulikulavaku was the top guy from the year before. But even with Leonard Williams, while he was individually brilliant, it's just been a long time since we've seen yeah. a dominant defensive line and maybe even a great one. Maybe some people felt like one of these was great. I'm not convinced of that. I do think that they have the pieces to become a great defensive line. It just might not be in 2018. Um, Christian Rector is still you know, redshirt junior. So he's someone who... If he's there for a couple more years, could be, I think, a, a major impact player. He already was last year, but at a different position. He really made his mark at Predator. Uh, you know, the early to midway part of the season when Porter Gustin came out. And then he broke his hand and wasn't the same guy when he came back from that late in the season. Now he's a defensive end. They do move him around. They got packages where they stand him up. But he's more of a down lineman, and he's a starter there. And he'll probably be playing alongside a couple people. You look at the nose tackle position, and you got good work out of Brandon Peely this spring. He was limited at times with injury, but he, he did well when he was in there. He, he was in there most of the time. And then J.Q. Fele, in my opinion, was or is the most improved defensive player at any position since last fall. I, uh, when I was watching him 
I'm the scout team last fall. Well, you saw the raw talent and the natural gifts. I wondered, okay, when's that guy going to be ready? And I just didn't, I couldn't see where it was going because we've seen a lot of linemen, especially defensive linemen in the last few years where it just never clicked. And it, they never got there. And, and quite a few of them have been unplayable. And so with Kefali, I, I didn't write him off. I just didn't know. And it, it's just good to see the strikes that he's made. Um, he's a guy that can play multiple techniques and you can slide him around uh, inside and out. I, I wonder if, you know, if he really can be a regular guy at nose tackle. I have a feeling he's probably better suited as more of a three or five technique. But regardless, he, he's, he's going to be in a rotation. He might not start or at least early in the season. But I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to help this defense. This defense stands to improve, especially on the line uh, against the run. And I think they're going to be better there. But that's where I do think they can. They need to be better, and I think uh, I think they can be better. I, I almost expect them to be improved in that area. Um, I don't know if they're going to have the same pass rush without Rasheem Green. And uh, again, I, even with Christian Rector, who's a very natural pass rusher, he's in a different spot. Um, I, I know in third downs, they. I have a feeling they're going to maybe kick out this Sam and maybe kick out Jordan out Stefa and then put Rector out on the edge and use him on the opposite side of Porter Dustin, which is a pretty formidable duo. But I guess we just have to see with him, you know, with his hand in the ground. It's not totally foreign to him. It's what he was doing when he arrived at USC, but he didn't really see the field much, you know, playing that spot. Uh, but I like Christian Rector a lot. I like his his upside, and uh, and that's just a couple people I've named. Marlon Tui Poloku, obviously without this spring, he'll be back. Uh, the hope is that he's ready for training camp. Uh, he's another guy with a lot of talent, and at the very least will be in a rotation. I wouldn't say that he's a starter right now. He's just been gone for too long. I think Brandon Peely would be the starter if they had a game this weekend. Uh, beyond them, Caleb Tremblay. I know that's someone that you were very excited about, Chris. He, oh, yeah. He looked really good in one-on-one drills. I would say on the verge of dominant in those drills, just probably uh, just a natural pass rusher. And, and we have to see more of him in 11-on-11. You know, he got his reps... Um, he didn't stand out as much, but it's okay. I mean, he, he hasn't been there that long, but he is someone that I think is important, and I think they need him to to play a role right away. He's a Juco transfer. I believe he's 22 years old. Uh, he finished high school in you know 2014. He'd be part of that class out of high school. So he's physically mature. And, of course, he's just kind of picking up on what they want from him. Uh, Connection you gave me, many of you know. Stickler for details. And he wants things done a certain way. He wants them done the right way. 
anyone's done like that over and over and over. And so I'm sure Spring was, uh, there was a bit of a learning curve there for Treble. We didn't get a chance to interview him this spring, but, uh, you know, that I did talk to you Jay-Z about him, and he pointed out that, you know, that he is a bit raw. And I think it's more raw for the system, not so much a raw talent. So I do expect him to to be in the fold come fall. And, uh, again, a, a good defensive end, I think. Um, and that's where I, I think we can see more rotation. Uh, I think it's it's necessary uh, on a defensive line. And now, you know, I'm, I'm naming these guys. There's Malik Doran as well. Uh, Connor Murphy, who's transitioning to a down lineman. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I couldn't tell you totally where he's at right now. Um, I think he's still behind a couple guys. But um, between the, the other guys I mentioned... I think that they, they're probably too deep at every spot. That's not something that they've had. You know, if anything, they probably have overworked their frontline guys on the defensive line. And that may, that may have played a part in their struggles against the run. I just think, I mean, that's, that kind of uh, requires a wing, you know, where a pass rush is something that you can go off adrenaline, it's a little bit more exciting, and everybody wants to do it. It's like playing offense for a defensive lineman. And I think playing the run, you're better at it when you have more guys that you can throw out there. And I think they do. What do you think? Do you feel like this defensive line is better than they than they were at the end of last season? No. No. I think it's worse, but I, I think that by the time the season rolls around, by the time they're playing games, it's going to be comparable. And I don't think people will notice a drop-off, and maybe some of the numbers are better, like you were talking about with the rush defense. I think eventually, I think maybe by the end of the season, it is even better because we're really when I think about last year's defensive line, I, I, I'm thinking about Rasheem Green more than anything else. Yeah. And, and I look at the, the talent that they have, and these young guys that are a lot of them are maturing and getting better and standing out in the spring. And I think, hey, they really only need one or two guys to really shine. And then it's comparable, if not better. I think it's totally possible. I wasn't super high on their defensive line last year. I liked Rasheem Green individually, but I did not think like, oh, USC has a dominant defensive line. I think a lot of people have thought for a while, and I'm one of them. That you know, you look at that 2017 defensive line class, and you think, when these guys mature, maybe there's a chance here for something special. I feel like we all felt that way in 2015 too, and it really only turned out to be Rasheem Green. But that's a that's a whole different story. Christian Rector uh, is part of that group. But... Yes. Okay. Fair enough. But you know, I felt like coming in with that 2015 class, it felt like, oh, my God, they could have, you know, three guys, four guys. Uh, And and 2017 feels that way again. So I just wanted to mention it. Like, oh, maybe it doesn't work out that way. You know, maybe it doesn't. But I really feel like they're going to get better uh, as more time passes. And I think in the Pac-12, I think they should be a dominant group in the Pac-12 this year. I think that there's probably half the conference – has no chance to run the football on them or really have a lot of time to throw the football. Uh, that's just my estimation. I just think that USC has 
big athletes and other schools in this conference don't. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if anyone will really notice a difference. I don't think anybody will be like, oh, there's a clear drop-off in this defensive line. Right now, I have to say yes. They don't have regime green. It's obvious, right? But I don't think when Pac-12 play is going on, anyone's going to think, oh, this defensive line uh, is worse than last year. And then also, the way they were banged up last year at certain points... You know, I know we're talking about the end of last year, but it, it was really bad at certain points last year, too. Yeah. Um, so I mean, maybe it improves. You make a good point about the Pac-12 because that is their primary competition, and we know that a Clancy defense is not going to have a hard time getting to the quarterback. It, it's more, and the year before they were very good against the run, but last year is where there was a drop off. And like I go through the names. Brandon Peely, J.Q. Fele made a big strike in, in that area this, this spring. I, I can see how they would be better against the run with those guys. And, and Christian Rector, that's where he said that he needed to get better. He realized that that's maybe not his strong suit, and, and that's where he probably got the most to improve in and becoming a, you know, a, a gown lineman again. Marlon Tui Poloku would be a big help as well. Uh, Caleb Tremblay, more of a pass rusher. So they have different pitches that they could throw at you. That's another reason why I could see them maybe rotating more. Have to say maybe. You never know what Clancy. I actually approached him about this topic during spring. Because early... Oh, gosh. Well, check this out. Early in spring, Clay made a point about how he told his coaches, I wanted to see... I want to see us use more guys. We did not use enough guys last year. He's imploring them to rotate. Because a lot of the time, he allows those assistants to make that call in-game in terms of substitutions. I don't know if everybody knew that, but that, that often comes back to the assistant coaches. So he implored them, I want to use more people. I want to rotate more. We have more. And... I asked Clancy about that, about that comment. And I said, is this going to happen? And he said, well, and he kind of laughed. He's like, if a head coach wants it, then it'll happen. I'm like, but, and then I laughed back. I'm like, but this is your defense. Like, let's not kid ourselves. I, we know who calls the shots on defense. And he said, well, we're going to use the guys that we think give us the best chance. And the way he answered that, I, I can't believe right now that they're certainly going to use a lot more people. Maybe they're going to rotate a little bit more. I don't know. I, of course, I think that they need you, but I, maybe more importantly, they they can. That I think, if anything, they can. In the past, maybe maybe they couldn't at certain spots. You know, and I think sometimes you have to play people anyway. Like Christian Rector could have easily not played, and look what they would have been missing. He really only played because Porter went down. And there was a time there where he was their best defensive player for about a month. And he could have not played last year because of the lack of rotating. Right now, defensive line, you have pass rushers, you have run stoppers. I think it's time. I I think it's time for this defense to... To, to go up a level, 
You know, and again, I know the defensive line beginning of the season will be better than it was last year, but I think as a defense, this is going to be the strength of the team, and it makes a world of difference when you have a good or a great defensive line. I think that's where you can dominate opposing offenses in college football. Because quarterbacks can't deal with pressure in the, in the manner that they can in the NFL. So, we'll see. Um, it, it's arguably the most important position in college football. Yeah, that are corners. I think corners have become that maybe. I mean, now everybody has three, you know, with the two and the nickel, and sometimes you're using four corners. So, there was a time where I tell you without question it was – I, I I don't know that it's more important than cornerback. Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the linebackers. I'll get your take first. Oh, good. Yeah. You're throwing me a softball here. Well, what do you think? It's worse. Yeah. It's worse. Yeah, they don't have each other in Wusu, so what are you going to do? You know? It's a That's big a loss. big hit. Yeah, that's kind of the end of the conversation for me. I don't think it's hopeless. I think they could have a really good group of linebackers. I think they have a really good start. But you lost your the guy, the guy at the position. So, you know, and that group. But they have, they have uh, Cam Smith and Port Augustine. So I'm not as high on Port Augustine as a lot of other people. But uh, I think he... Uh, Looked really good this spring. Well, I want to talk about a chance that. Chance to yeah. Okay. Well, because I know why you say that. Because what we've seen in games is pretty uneven. He was very good early last season. He only got to play a few games, and he looked like the guy that we've been waiting for. Whereas the year before, he had some big games. The Washington one sticks out to me, but that wasn't the only one. But there were quite a few games where you didn't notice him. And at, at that point, you would have thought he'd be further along because he did play throughout his freshman year. So you thought by sophomore year, given the potential that he would already be very good. Now, what we saw in spring, he was the best defensive player on the team. He was maybe the best player on the team in spring practice. And I, I never like to put too much stock into spring because there's just too much context that can kind of wear you out even going through all the different conditions that are impacting things. But what I think is good about or telling about what he did is that he was healthy, right? That's question number one with him coming in the spring. And he's totally locked in. This is his final year. He wanted to go pro. He couldn't go because he might have been undrafted. And now he, he doesn't have any time left. It'd be one thing if he's a redshirt junior, right, who had ideas of leaving early after their you know, redshirt sophomore year. You don't see a lot of that on defense, but my point is, if that was his mindset last year, then this year you wonder, like, okay, well, he has time. 
he has another season to play with if he doesn't break out as a redshirt junior. He doesn't have that luxury. This is it. One more year. Final year. Much like Biggie, uh, Cam as well. They're all in the same boat. Marvell Kell. That bodes well for this defense as a whole. But with the linebackers, I could see where Porter can be a star. That to me is very possible. And that's something that I've been very hesitant to say. I remember fielding all these questions three years ago on the podcast. At, uh, people wondering, you know, who does he compare to? And they basically were leading me to Brian Cushing or Clay Matthews. And I was like, no, like, don't do that. Like, don't, don't go there. I don't want to hear it. We just haven't seen anything yet. And based on what I saw early last season and just how good he was moving this spring, how healthy he was and how determined he is, then, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to have an All-American season. I'm not saying that he's going to be Clay Matthews in, in Clay Matthews' final year. But if you woke me up in six months and that's what was happening, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I think it's very realistic that he could have a breakout season. Not just for him, but really nationally. That he could be great. That's feasible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, but I also I have questions still. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like there's been too much with him you talked about three years ago. There's just been too much assumed with him that he's going to be a star. He's going to be a star. Maybe he does it. He had a great spring. I just have questions about this USC line, uh, group of linebackers. I think that, again, in the Pac-12, they're going to they're gonna be among the best group there is out there. I, you know, right. I think they'll be tough to deal it with. They kind of go without saying it almost it with d- every unit. It does, and and you can and you can name guys that are big name guys that are big time recruits or or have you know these resumes in college now even, uh, and it's like oh they're they're stars they're college stars or whatever else, but Chenoweth brought athleticism to that group. To me, it was like that guy is an NFL athlete. I look at this group of linebackers now. I think they'll kill most of the Pac-12. I worry about when they play another top 10 team mm-hmm. right somebody i sc probably won't even be that this year but but a team like that are they going to be exposed for a lack of athleticism because i really think it's 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 a fair question i think if you look at the star linebackers on this team and compare them to the star linebackers of the last you know of of the past not even you know 08 or whatever but even some of these more recent star linebackers I think there's a difference in terms of foot speed, in terms of athleticism. I just I, I feel like USC's group of linebackers are big lumbering guys. You know, they're good, but I just worry, hey, is somebody gonna be able to expose them in passing coverage or something like that down the line? Mm, I just it's, oh, it is a question for Okay, me. that's fair. Now here, let me tell you this. Porter for what he's asked to do, I think his athleticism is fine. I think it's very good. I think it's still a question because he was injured when when for what I'm about to point out, he he was dealing with injuries and stuff, but to me it felt like he was slow getting to the edge 
a lot of his career at USC. No, no, that, slow. Absolutely, but but yeah. not last season. And it was a small sample size, and I, I realize that. But the, the things that he was doing against Stanford, against Texas, who maybe uh, Stanford maybe not the most athletic team, but he was dominant in that stretch in those two particular games. And he only played four. Now, if you're referring to inside linebacker, then these questions are valid. Because I think that athleticism is lacking. Uh, and I think that it's open competition, that weak side linebacker. I know that Clancy really liked John Houston. I'm just wondering what's going to happen when KOKOK shows up. It's hard to say that a true freshman that arrives in the fall or really the summer is going to just step in and take over a position. You have to have an open mind to do that. And and that's where it would be something new from Clancy. But I think they need something new there. And and maybe, maybe Houston brings it, I don't know, or Levi Jones. I didn't see it this spring. I felt like the physical presence is lacking there. And John Houston actually is a good athlete. And that's what Clancy likes about him. I think they need more at that spot. Um, I feel like we've been waiting for John Houston to add like 30 pounds for like Well, I mean... Like, like if, he was, if he was way bigger, like if he had that weight, he, he might be their best one. Here's the thing, like, though. Like, he's a really good go, athlete. Go look, at, go look at the inside linebackers that Clancy's had in the past. A lot of them aren't very big. Right? You had Quentin Powell there. Michael Hutchings not big. Hayes Pillard, undersized. Okay, but are any of those guys what you want at SC? Because John Houston might be those guys. I mean, Michael Hutchings... Well, he's more athletic just, than them. But, uh, well, but that's, that's my point. Is, but none you know, of them are very big. Guys. Yeah, but it, you name these guys, it's like, okay, but if USC had other options, See, I, I, they would have... I think we all had I, the idea that, like, Osama would be, like, would fit the bill, right? Would be exactly what you want there. Yeah. That, that's what we expected to happen. That's what they had recruited and, and planned for. And, you know, obviously that wasn't their fault. But, okay, 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 you know? And you got Solo as well. Like, they, they look yeah. like they're of that mold, right? I mean, they're high school yeah. kids, so we have to Maybe. see. But I, I always get worried about that because they are high school yeah. kids, and I on feel paper, like every on paper that's yes. what. No, you're right, and I'm not being fair because I'm I'm reacting to, you know, every. I feel like everybody gets excited about every high school kid, and every high school kid they bring in, can, like there becomes this narrative around them of like they could do it, they could you know right. come in and do it. And you're right, those two that you mentioned are really good, and maybe they could, but I always like to be cautious because they're in high school, and I feel like most of them don't do that. Okay, well, so. let me tell you who's not in high school. Can <laughs> I Malga? I thought you were going to say JT Daniels, but okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Can I? Wow. Okay. Here, there's a kid who just impressed me. Pretty much every day, right? I mean, and the thing was, because I really try to hone in on 
who's starting, who's making an impact, who's making moves, right? I, I don't just uh, hype up the, the incoming freshman. I can't do it. I don't, I don't have it in me. And so sometimes I'm not going to notice them because they're not getting reps and they're learning. You know, I'll ask the coaches about them. I'll make sure I check in on them. But I, I only have two eyes. And, and I, I can't closely examine everyone. I fail that because Kanai caught my eyes. It, he was awesome. I, I mean, so he's about 6'2", 225. He said that uh, he's putting on weight gradually. They want him uh, about 15 pounds bigger. And he thinks that he'll get there comfortably. Uh, you know, by training camp. And his concern was that, you know, am I playing at the speed that I can play at with the added weight? And I, I can't imagine him having been faster than what I saw. I mean, coming around the edge, he is so quick, so slippery, uh, so good. You know, and, and initially when I look at him, I thought, like, this guy's kind of small to be in this role because he's playing strong side linebacker. And I, I'm, I'm used to watching Yichen and Owosu for the last two years. And I'm just thinking, can I, if not a good fit there, right? I just, again, this is like my initial impression. And then you watch him go, and offensive tackles hate him. They just, like, don't want to deal with it. They can't get in front of him. He just goes right around them. And he's got this really, like, impressively, surprisingly big, compact upper body. You know, he's, like, all chest. And so he he, he wears the weight well. You know, he, he, he... He's the Pamela Anderson of USC's football team. Okay. That's a really old-school reference. I mean, she was relevant before you were born. Congrats. It was a good, it was a good joke, though. Yeah. It was a good joke. I'm, I'm proud of you. Okay. I like him at XM linebacker. Uh, I'm glad that, that Clancy overruled the, the thoughts that were running through my mind when I first saw him. And he's going to be on special teams. I, I can't tell you how big of a role he'll have right away because he's likely going to be behind Jordan Alcefa, who had a great start to spring and then was injured and, and really missed about half of it. Interesting note about Jordan. Clancy told me that Jordan is probably better as an inside linebacker, but because of how well he knows the defense and because of the depth that they have at strong side linebacker, they want Jordan there instead. I've always thought that Jordan would excel at weak side linebacker. I, I thought that was going to happen last year even. I thought it'd be Jordan and Cam. And I just wonder if Kanai if, if Kanai's ready do, do you make him your Sam and do you move Jordan inside? Because Jordan has definitely got to be on the field. Really good player. Not much different than Kanai. Maybe not as electric, but uh, also a good pass rusher, 
also well-rounded, you know, and really improved against the run. Uh, a more physical guy, uh, really active hands. You know, he does things like Uchenna, where he just gets in the mix. You know, he can round the ball and really good at the line of scrimmage and uh, someone that can be unassuming, probably, you know, for an offensive lineman when you look across the field. Uh, you might not think that this guy is going to beat you, but he's crafty. He'll find ways. So I want to see both of them. And we will, but maybe at the same time. I don't know. I guess we have to find out. So when I look at this linebacking core, I think it could be better. And I didn't think I would say that. Right? Coming oh, in spring. Stop it. I'm, no. Yeah. Because oh. I believe in Porter. And I believe in Jordan. And Kanai is converting me, right? To what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I know. I, I don't really know like where you're going with that. I expect you to go there. Um, he is all chest, so... <laughs> okay. Yeah. I said converting, not transitioning. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, and Cam, Cam is back. Okay, so let's talk about Cam for a minute. Cam is the one player who came back who I thought should have gone to the NFL. He had a wildly productive junior season. He has a lot of film for the NFL. I don't know that he's going to change physically much at this point. I'm not really sure uh, how different he would be I don't really know what more he would prove, what he would show to NFL scouts. Um, I asked him about this, and I mentioned the fact that he was ranked among the top five inside linebackers by some going into the draft. And he said, and he was aware of that, and he said, I want to be number one. Like, okay, if, if that's your goal, then that makes sense. Right, I'm not going to fault him for that. I think that's lofty, and we'll see what happens with that. But you know, he, he had a major injury, and I'm just talking about really about him personally and trying to be objective about his situation. Now, in terms of USC football, of course, it's a huge addition or uh, you know return. I mean, he's going to be one of their best defensive players. Even if he just replicated what he's done before, you take that, right? All-conference linebacker up the middle, captain, great locker room guy. He's the heart of the defense. So you, you put him together with Porter, I think if they can find a way to either upgrade or improve at weak side linebacker, I think strong side linebacker can be very good. I, I realize I'm not expecting either Iosefa and Maluga or even the two of them together maybe to match what USC got out of Uchenna a year ago, but I don't think it's this major drop-off. I expect them to be good 
and, and maybe even a little bit different. You know, they're, they're not Yuchenna. Although they, they do remind me of him when he started at that position in 2016. Yuchenna really transformed over the two yeah. years that he was, he was there uh, at Drumstead linebacker. But they're, I think they're going to be better. They, they should be better, or it should might be a strong word, but they could be better, and I'm going to guess that they'll be better than maybe Yuchenna was but, uh, by himself in 2016. Because, again, he was on the field all the time. And I'd like to believe that you're going to throw Kanai out there with Jordan. And, again, I don't mean necessarily at the same time, but even just playing both of them in that spot. So I like the depth. I like the depth here. Uh, we haven't mentioned everybody, but Hunter Eccles, I thought, definitely improved over spring. And you know, he can spell Porter a little bit at Predator. Um, I, I'm not sure about maybe the depth at inside linebacker. That's where I think they're in trouble if Cam were to go down. And we just have to wait on the other incoming freshmen which they're supposed to bring that depth inside. And if they do, then great. Then the depth will be fine. But coming out of spring, no, I don't think they're deep yet at inside linebacker. It's going to be way worse, but it's not going to show up in the Pac-12. No, it won't be way worse. Way worse. No, no. Lost their, their top, top athlete, and they don't have a top-end athlete anymore. Well, Kanai, Kanai might be that. Jordan okay. isn't as athletic. Uh, he's very good, though. I'm glad to hear Hunter Eccles is doing well because he's a good personal friend of mine and Blair and Gulos. Yeah. No, no. He he, uh, he also, I think, is a very good pass rusher and uh, you know, got, got a unique body, right? Six foot five. I feel like you don't see as many of those guys as you get in the past. You know, I mean, him and Porter are, are both at that height, but that must be what Clancy likes at that spot. Um, Eccles obviously is a, a bit more wiry than Porter, although wi- wiry is the wrong word as well because he's not, you know, he, he's put on some weight. Uh, he has a good body, and I think that um, if he had to play, he could give you something. Um, maybe not ready to be a, a full-time player, if Porter were to go down, then Christian Rector is moving to Predator. But I, I think uh, if Porter is healthy, then you bring in you bring in Hunter Eccles and you let him play maybe ten, fifteen snaps, and I think that he can produce there. I'm sure Brian Cushion and Clay Matthews have a nutritionist that could help him out. <laughs> okay, you're feisty today. I am very feisty. Are we the quarterback yet? Yeah. Are we the quarterback? No, we're not there. Corner? Oh, corner. No, I would say quarter. Oh, you want yeah, to make your I, joke? Yeah. I want to do my JT Daniels joke. I, Come on. You know, in the past, you had many. And they weren't even, they were like off the cuff. You didn't have them written yeah, down. Yeah, I know. No, I know. I've, I don't know. This better be good because I'm really building it up. So it better be good. <laughs> I can't wait to get through the whole show. I know. Okay. All right. Right. <laughs> gonna be fun all right cornerback Def- oh corner so not defensive back as a whole yeah okay you make it hard okay Let's they're better they're better they're gonna be better yes. uh and i think they should be a lot better 
I think they're going to be a lot better. I don't think I they were that good last year at corner. Nope. They were not, and I expect a completely different Biggie Marshall, and I think that's the difference, right, is that we're, we're expecting him to kind of take off. And if Jack Jones is Jack Jones, and then these guys underneath them seem like they're playing pretty well too, and I always thought that that was kind of a liability, what was underneath them before, I actually feel really confident in this group right now. I yeah. think they have a really good group of cornerbacks. I didn't feel that way last year. I didn't feel that way coming into spring. Coming into spring, I thought cornerback could be a disaster. And I'm like, wow, USC, this is a quality group of cornerbacks at USC. And you know that if I'm complimenting them, they must be pretty good. Yeah. Because I, I don't compliment anybody. <laughs> Only me. Only you. Uh, should I be worried? And can I Malga's chest? <laughs> So, <laughs> only in check. Okay, only in check. All right. So Jack Jones, everyone's well aware, was not allowed to practice for spring. Commissioned to focus on academics. We have not seen him. What we know right now is that he's still on the team, but he is suspended for the season opener. That gives me UNLV, that. but he'll he'll be there. He'll he'll be there for training camp, and I think there's a question about his job, which maybe tells you where they're at at corner. That people would wonder, or even be comfortable with him not being the starter. I want to spell any confusion because he is the starting cornerback. He can't play in the opener, but. He didn't lose his job this spring. He probably lost some snaps. That's what happened because Jonathan Lockett is back. He played really since day one. Not been like a full-time starter. He's been an occasional starter. But he looked really good. He looked healthy. He's so smart. He reminds me of Chris Hawkins. And I think that Lockett could very well play safety if they needed him to. But uh, a lot like Hawkins and how cerebral he is and how much he depends on his brain. And just, he reads quarterbacks. And he reads defense, or offense, excuse me. And I've always been comfortable with him out there. That's the way I've always thought of him, right? You, yeah. you never worried that Jonathan Lockett was out there. He's a journeyman. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I don't know if that, that would be the term I'd use. But a veteran. Sure. Um, anyway, I like Lockett. I, I realize that maybe he's not a star. Maybe he's not going to play in the NFL. But he can play for USC, and he can play well. And he has played well for them. He was playing nickel, and uh, he had that, that major interception against what was it, Arizona State in 2016 when USC was coming off of the Utah loss. They were 1-3. And, and I think oh, they were yes. trailing in that game early in the first quarter. And he had his little Chris Richard moment. Ooh. Yeah, you like that, huh? I do like that. All right. So Jonathan Lockett has had big moments. And had quite a few of them in spring. Quite a few turnovers. 
really flustered these young quarterbacks. Anyway, so he, you know, pencil him in at the very least on the depth chart uh, in the rotation. Beyond him, I think we saw good things from Isaiah Langley, from Greg Johnson, where, again, they might be a player away. I don't know how much they play if your frontline guys are available, but they can play. And I don't think there's a major drop-off when you insert them into the lineup. Uh, someone's got to start the opener, of course. We have plenty of time to talk about that. But if that were now, then my guess would, it would be Langley. It, it could be Lockett. It would be one of the two. And regardless, they both would play. And Greg Johnson so would play too. So adjust the Heisman odds on Jackie Jones accordingly, everybody. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, with, with Jackie, he was a first-year starter last year. I would think he'll be better, too. I, I just naturally, I would expect him to be a better player this season. Now, if that doesn't happen, then I'm not saying that he's cemented there. I just think that he begins the season at, once the suspension is over as the starter. But I don't think that he's so far above and beyond and better than every other corner there that he couldn't be supplanted. That's very possible, especially with the way that these other guys are playing. So it's another spot where they have quite a bit of depth, but I also think they're very good with their core guys, and I think that they can be significantly better at corner. All right, uh, Nickel, we're, we can kind of lump that in, but Ajene is the guy, still the guy, had a great spring. Um, I feel like I underestimate him. I think a lot of us do. Uh, I always like him at, as a slot receiver. Not that I think he should go back there or anything. I just, I guess it, I had a mental hiccup with him being a defensive player. Uh, now, he, he's done well at nickel. I think he's been up and down because he, he's not a real physical player and he's had his lapses in terms of tackling. But he's also had a, quite a few big plays for the defense. Uh, I feel like he's pretty fearless, given, especially given his frame. He doesn't play like he's 5'10". And, and now I think he's kind of confident, kind of cocky. I don't remember that at Jenny before, but I've seen him kind of really grow up in the program. And I think a little bit of cockiness is a good thing. Uh, I think he'll be very good. Uh, I think he'll be better than he was a year ago. And then behind him, it's not totally clear who would be the, the second nickel. Um, it might be Achille Ross, although he's also doing a lot of work at safety and could could start there uh, at least for the early part of the season. So the depth at nickel, I, I don't know yet. You know, although I, I can't really play well last year when he got to play at nickel. So they're fine there. Um, better, maybe. You know, they, they're not going to be worse. That's, that's how I see nickel. 
you have any thoughts? Are they better at nickel? Yeah. Y- yeah, I the similar. <laughs> yeah. I I I I'm totally with you. Similar. I I mean it's it's pretty much the same people. Right. I also like how we're doing this defensive breakdown. Defensive line, linebackers, left corner, right corner, nickel, free safety, strong safety. It's flowing really well. What? It's a it's a it's a funny joke because we kind of clumped the other ones together and we're breaking these ones up a little bit. Okay, that's a good joke. I'm joking. Was that, I thought was so that too. Was that joke that you wrote down? Uh, it's one of them. <laughs> okay. It's, it's one of three. You might need to hire a writer. Two. Hey. <laughs> don't, it won't be don't me. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I already have you hired. I'll just make you write all my jokes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I think it could be better though. I mean, honestly, because I guess they're. Everybody's a year older. Yeah. Janet Harris had a great spring. Sure. Maybe it's better. Similar. Yeah. I'll go similar. Okay. And I'll keep my jokes to myself. All right. Okay. No, I won't. Fakey. Here's one where I think they will be better. Or they're going to be different at the very least. Because they lost Chris Hawkins, who, whose impact I feel like was unappreciated a lot of the time. And uh, produced at an all-conference level for a couple years there. Now, with that said, they have guys that have more talent. Now, they're young and they're unproven, but this isn't just hype. I think they're wildly talented at safety right now. I think they might be stacked. And because they're so young, I, I'm i not going to just go out on a limb and say that they're going to be great yet. But I expect this group to become great. You understand? Yeah. yeah. No, I say, I say better too because I honestly think that Chris Hawkins' departure will force other players to pick up that what he brought in terms of the the mental part of the game it, it's not going to be a good thing right away it will hurt early yeah but it's something that is actually good for them because everybody needs to be where he was mentally i mean i think marvell kell has a huge impact on him it it forces marvell to do more and to be more and marvell's good Marvell's been good, but I always thought Marvell could be great, right? I mean, yeah. Going, going back to when he arrived, and I'm not even referring to like his recruiting ranking. I mean, when we saw him in 2015, from the beginning, that looked like a guy that would become a great player. Some people probably would say that about him right now. I don't know. I, I guess I, I haven't. Some people would say he's a great player, right? Yeah, yeah, he was all conference. No, but oh, but no. Yeah, I I think that he can be better, and I think he will. I I, I can see him be being a great player this season, having his best year. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I expect more from him, and I think he'll show more this year. Yeah, and alongside of him is where is an unknown. It's a wild card. But I like what I see. Isaiah Polamau was limited in spring. He did practice. He did a lot of work. 
he was not allowed to be involved in live tackling because he's coming off the shoulder surgery. And while he could have done it, it was a precaution because the season is not in April, it's in September. So that was the decision that they made there. With that said, Clancy raved about him. He knows his assignments. Uh, he works sideline to sideline, which is what you love out of a free safety. He can play both positions, free or strong. And that's where I think in training camp, don't count him out. Maybe he moves. Maybe he's playing strong safety. Maybe he wins that job. I think the job is pretty wide open. A lot of these jobs that we've been talking about here at corner, at nickel, uh, a few of the linebacker spots, even on the D line, I feel like they're spoken for. Or maybe it's just down to like two guys. Strong safety, it could be Achille, it could be Bubba Bolden, it could be Polamau. And in Talanoa Hufunga, I want to be careful here. Don't want to say too much, but much like Kanai, was a standout in spring. Not a standout for a freshman, but just one of the better players on the defense right away. Loved him. Wow. Yeah. Big praise. Well, he got it from everyone. Helton. Helton, Helton went well with him a couple times. And, like, really wild. It's not like I got a question about a guy, so I'm saying nice right. things. No, it was pretty genuine. Hufunga is a playmaker. Just finds a way. Uh, had a couple picks. Um, got his hands on a lot of balls. I think with him, it, what it comes down to is how much he knows, how much he understands. And if he played this well in spring and we'll have the entire offseason and then get those 25 practices in, in the summer. They call it fall, but it's really summer. Training camp, I, he's going to play. You know, hit, him and Kanai are going to play. I know they're going to play special teams, but I think both of them are going to be good enough to play defense. And... I'm intrigued by that because I really like Polamau. I like Bolden. Uh, I mean, I've always liked Achille, although I liked what he was doing more at nickel. But you have options there. And and not necessarily, this isn't a position where you're going to necessarily rotate a lot, or maybe you might not need to as much as a couple of the other spots. But the fact that whoever's playing has to be very good. That's my takeaway from here. Where in the past, maybe the starter was just okay, but there was no depth. And they had to play that guy. And maybe the guy was overrated because he was starting. I mean, I, I don't want to point to a position right now but there's one I'm thinking of on the defense in particular where I don't think there was a lot of depth there and so they played someone that was a little bit better than the other people but here I think if you're playing 
then you're going to be really good. And I, these guys are really young. I'm not trying to put too much pressure on them. I just see them becoming great football players. I think the competition is going to be wild in training camp at safety opposite Marvel Cal. Looking forward to it. Anyway, I think they're going to be better. So when you take that as a whole on defense, the defense should be better, right? I, yes. I know they're losing Rasheem and Uchenna and Hawkins. I think they will be better. I do. I didn't think that going in spring. I do think that now, now where I'm going to stop myself is to pronounce them the best defense that USC had since 2008. I, I don't even want to hear 2008, which was well, they don't have- one of the greatest defenses in the history of college football. Don't compare, don't compare anything to that. But don't compare this defense that hasn't played yet to that. Don't do that. They don't have stars. That's what bugs me about this. That comparison is that I feel like I'm certain that their defense will be very solid. I think it will be better than last year's. I don't think last year's defense was that good. I think they were pretty good, but I don't think they were. Great yeah, they by yeah any means. they they were maybe like just above average. I think the defense from the year before was a, a half grade better. Yeah, so I think that they will be better than last year. I think they will be a good defense. I think they'll be solid. They don't have an obvious weakness, but they USC's defense doesn't have star power. There are no stars, and that matters, and that is going to prevent them from being one of the best defenses in the country, and it makes that comparison to 2008 absolutely absurd. It's just absurd. Yeah, I don't have much of an issue with the lack of quote-unquote star power because I think if you're good everywhere, then you're really, really good as a whole. Yeah, And I I think they they might have that. They, I agree. They, I they don't just have think the you need that. Like, right. Like they, that kind of what you're getting. They don't have Leonard. I'm, they don't have a Sua. They don't have even maybe a Kui Kolovatu or Yuchenna. You need that at the end of the day. I, I think that, look, this is. I think this is a really good defense, a really good start for a defense. I think you could do a lot with this defense. I just think the big plays come from the big stars. They might do everything else right. It might be hard to run on them. It might be hard to throw on them. Where are the big plays coming from? Mm, that, that's interesting. And that matters. Yeah, I, that matters. Might be right. It really See, does. Now, when I think of the defense that those guys played on, uh, particularly with Sua and Leonard, they didn't play on great defense for the most part. No. 2013 was pretty good, and, and they both were on that. Sue was a freshman and Leonard was a sophomore. But they didn't play on a dominant defense, obviously. There's, and, there's and they not, both were on it. Now, yeah. I, so I, get, I get your point about the big play, but I, if I had to choose between having that, you know, All-American or that, that first-round draft pick, wherever you want him, corner, defensive line, yeah. whatever... If I could choose between having that, but a defense that's incomplete, or one that's very deep 
and good at every spot, I would kick the ladder. And I think that's what this is. I completely agree with you. And I think I would take this defense over many of the ones that Sua Cravens and Leonard Williams played on because I actually don't think they had good defenses when those guys played. I think they just had a star on an average defense. Yeah, those guys made a I lot th- of plays. Yeah, I think that if there was a Leonard Williams or a Sua Cravens or both on this defense, oh, yeah. oh my sure. gosh, <laughs> watch out. One of the best defenses in the country without question, I would think. Yeah. But it does matter. What when what it, even though football is a team game and it might be the ultimate team sport, really, it, it, of all the popular American sports, um, your best players matter. Oh yeah, Thank that you. really does. I re- I remember uh, I was at a practice way back in the day, Lane Kiffin era. They were on sanctions, and Keyshawn Johnson was there, and I was talking to him about the team because he was disappointed with them. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, but they're on sanctions, right? You know." They like they have half the recruiting classes they could take, and he looks at me and he goes, "That doesn't matter. Your five best players win all your games for you." Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that could, and that's the team that he played on. May, maybe and maybe right, but yeah, I think it is a point. We're like, yeah, you're right. Like he didn't play on a great national championship team. Maybe there's a much higher number. And 03 and 04, whatever, than yeah. 5. And I actually, I don't even remember what the number was he told me. I just threw that out there. Well, but. Well, I understand what he's saying, and who might disagree with Keyshawn, who literally was my favorite player growing up. But I think your, your five worst players that play, not that don't play, that are. You know, buried in the depth chart. Yeah. But your five worst players that play, if they're not bad, if they're if they're actually average or even above average, that can matter just as much. Yeah. Hey, I'm totally with you. I just I just remember there's just certain there's certain situations like last year. I can't remember what game it was. You probably will, but I felt like. Uh, Uchenna Nuoso kind of like single-handedly won them a game at one point or like kept them in a game. It's just things like that, like these like pick sixes or turnover, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, is that is that stuff going to happen? Well, you know, I where, think so. I, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Okay, so it might not come from the same guy over and over, right? Where you knew a few years back that Sue and Leonard were going to make these plays basically every week and maybe another guy made another big play and maybe they get it but those guys they get it regularly you might not have the same guy make a big play in all 12 games right you might not get that from anybody on this defense but I think because they're going to be deeper and because I think they have so much talent and potential and, and they're so young that you're going to see different people do it. Now, think about a couple of the people I mentioned, right? Like Polamau and uh, Hufunga and Kanai. They, I mean, they haven't even played yet. Like, they, they literally have not even played a game yet. But because of how good I think they might become, they're, they're going to make plays sometimes. Now, they're going to make some bad plays. They're going to struggle. But... Because they're going to make plays, 
And then Marvel's gonna make some plays. And then Biggie will make some plays. And then Jenny will make some plays. And Jack Jones will make some plays. Cam will make some plays. Porter will make some plays. Brandon Peely will make some plays. Christian Record will make some plays. Jordan Alcott. I mean, look at this. There's about 15 guys that I think they're going to make some plays. So, yeah, maybe none of them make big plays every game. Like, one person each game. But I think all of them are going to make plays each game. Collectively. You need it all. Well, they do. You know? Yeah. They, again, I agree with the fact that they don't have that superstar. We don't, we don't see him right now. One of these freshmen can become that, but going into the season, they do not have a superstar. I, Clay made that point. Day one of spring practice. And I was surprised he said it, but I completely agree with him. They really don't have it on either side of the ball. They have, they have some guys that might become that, but they don't have it. Not the way that last year where Rojo was already that and Sam was already that and Rasheem was close and was going to become that. They don't have that this year. But yeah. I think they have more as a whole. They might be better than last year. I'm just saying I think it's a problem. I really do. When I think of top-end defenses, I feel like I always think of like, whoa, look at that nose tackle. Look at that defensive end. Look at that middle linebacker. Look at that giant safety. You know what I mean? Like, well, There's all these like prototype guys that jump out or maybe a few, but they don't have any of those guys. Okay, they don't. But, but think about what you saw from like, Christian Rector last year. Now, that's not someone that was on your radar and that we would have ever thought. He was a mid-season All-American because of what yeah. he'd done over really like a four or five game period. He yeah. didn't even play that much early in the season in the first two games. What? Where do you think that comes from? Because he's not that guy. He's not a first round talent. That comes from a good scheme. <laughs> that comes from a good defense. That comes from everyone doing their part that will enable an, an individual to make big plays. And so I feel like he was enabled from the whole group. And so was Uchenna. You, you, I mean, Uchenna was a non-factor for a while. Not last season, but earlier in his career. And he's someone that we liked and I thought probably should have played more and could do something. But I didn't see him becoming maybe a third-round draft pick and uh, an All-American, right? Like, I, did you see that with him? No. 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 Okay. But I, okay, but here, okay, here's something I'll say, and I think both of them kind of show this, is Christian Rector, I feel like, as a hand-in-the-ground defensive lineman, uh-huh. is undersized but very fast and a good athlete. And I feel like he made a name for himself when they moved him to a position where all of a sudden he was a big, athletic, fast, strong guy. He's not playing the right spot, in my opinion. So I, I felt like that was like a position move type thing where I felt like he like turned into something completely different. He is like an NFL type as like a stand-up 
pass rusher guy, in my opinion. Well, they're going to do that with Maybe him. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. They're going to move yeah. him around. I, he He's their jack of all trades. And, and so, I, I don't know exactly what he'll be uh, on a down-in, down-out basis as a down lineman, but he's really actually not going to do that every down. Uh, I can yeah, tell you that right but, now. Okay. And, so, and then, on, a, on, a third, on a third and short, they might be pulling him, and that's where you're, when you're going to go heavy, and you're going to go with Peely and Tufele or Tui Pelokyu, you know, or all three of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but, okay, and then continuing the point, Uchenna I feel like when he came in, it was like, oh, this guy is, like, kind of a big, slow safety, maybe an undersized linebacker that's, like, fast and athletic, and they put all this weight on him, all of a sudden, he's a big, strong, fast, athletic guy. So those two guys, I feel like, kind of fit a mold of, of, of players that they don't really have that much of on defense, or that I don't think of, I don't, I don't think of a lot of their players on defense is like, this guy's an insane athlete, he's big for the position, he's strong and physical and fast. I just don't think that for a lot of their players. I really don't. I think that's a problem. I mean, I think their defensive linemen are more traditional, and I, I think they give they give USC some stature. I, I, I feel like, they again, the run defense is poor. It was a problem... Uh, fought to wasn't good there, you know. And re- yeah, I th- I think the defensive line can be good. Do they have a scary athlete? Do they have a top end athlete on the defensive line? I mean, P- no. Peely could be scary uh, if for a different reason. I mean, he's actually very athletic for the position that he's playing. He, he could get body there. Type. Yeah, I think he could get there, but I think his body his body needs to change a little bit before he's that guy. You know, yeah. and maybe he's the one. He, I look at the line. These guys are so court. young. You know, I mean, as we talk about it, it just reminds me that they're so young, and I can look really stupid with what I'm saying, and, and so could you, because yeah, we we don't know as much as we would want to about them, and that's why I'm I'm not going to call them a dominant defense and the best one of the last decade, but I do like it a lot. I think it will be better than last year. I like it a lot, too. I think it'll be better than last year. I don't see superstars. I don't see high-end athletic talent in the front seven. Yeah. I see it in the secondary. I see that in the secondary all day. In the front seven, I don't see that. They'll still be great for the Pac-12. They still have a good defense. But if I'm thinking of a top, top end, top tier defense, I want to see a lot more scary athletes in the front yeah, seven. And I don't see any. I, I just don't see I, any. That's fine. But, I mean, I feel like you're jumping ahead because I, it's not even the expectation for the season. It's not to win a national title. And so no, no, you're right. It's year. not. I, it, now, 2019, 2020, the defense could be dominant. I think that they have the pieces right now where with, you know, development and coaching, growth, I can see it happening. I think it's viable. Where before, I, I felt like, well, we'll see what they recruit next year and we'll see what happens with this kid. Uh, I, I never really believed that they were going to get there. Yeah, and I felt like Sandwich is so good two years ago that it kind of catapulted them into the conversation prematurely. But I think now is when actually they're they're really building toward that, toward being 
that good of a team on defense. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the offense because offense it's uh, it's even more open and maybe intriguing. I don't know. Now is is the offense going to be better this year than it was last year? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. I'm glad you caught my sarcasm. No, I, I, I caught it. It's going to be quite different, and it needs to be different, and it can still be very effective, despite the obvious loss or losses really quarterback running back receiver uh let's start with the offensive line Ooh. i think that they're better i think they're better off than they were at the end of last season i think they're going to be better are they going to be great i really don't know it's like the hardest position to project from practice but I do think they're going to be better because not really because of depth, although they they probably are deeper. Uh, Helton kept putting out that you know that they had all this depth last year, and I, I didn't agree with that. And I, I think we saw that that really wasn't the case. Right now, they're they're deeper. I mean, they could probably they probably have one point five to two guys at every spot. Right, one point five being like a third yeah. guy that would like Clayton Johnston could play left tackle or right tackle. So if if he's not starting, then he would go in uh, and do fine at at either side. That's like a one point five situation. Other spots maybe they have two. Point is, I think their starting lines will be better because I think Toa is in the right spot. I think if Tola were not available, which you know he wasn't in the spring, if he's not in the fall, then Brett Milan looked like he's ready to go, and that that was a, a surprise because a lot of these redshirt freshman linemen, even redshirt sophomore linemen, don't look like they're ready and and haven't been, and I thought he was one of their better linemen in spring practice, did a really good job. I was impressed. And I think that they're deep at center. Justin Gidditch also looked really good for a true freshman. And that's also not something I expected from uh, an incoming freshman. But he did. Um, I mean, he's obviously on track to redshirt, but they're just deep there. And they got toe in the right spot. And then at left tackle, you have a couple of athletes, Austin Jackson, Clayton Johnston. Everybody wants Austin Jackson to just run away with his job and and be the you know fulfill the expectations of you know of his recruiting ranking. Uh, I thought he was good, and I, I think it's a battle there. I don't think he's won that job. I don't know that he's ahead. He might be ahead if there was a game this weekend. I don't know who would start. I think it's probably right down the middle. But I kind of have a feeling that he'll start because he's younger. He's a couple years younger than Clayton Johnston. And maybe has a higher ceiling. So my gut is that he would start even though Clayton got 
a few more first team reps. Austin was a little bit limited at time in spring. Clayton did well. You know, he, he couldn't shake him. He's also athletic, and I, I thought did very well in the run game. People probably overlook him because he was a blue shirt. I don't really care about that stuff. I'm looking at what I see in practice, and I think he's fine there. Um, right tackle, Shuma looked good. Shuma can be better, and I think he will because he has a lot on the line, a lot like some of those defensive seniors that we talked about. I thought he was a bit more engaged this spring than he has been in the past. We'll see with him, but uh, promising the way that he performed. Right guard, Andrew Voorhees claimed most of the first team reps until getting injured. You know, he's really battled injuries throughout, but when he's been healthy, he's often been their starter. So I would put him in pencil because he has to prove that he can stay healthy. But I know that they like him a lot. And if he is available, then I would expect him to go. You'd like to see more competition there at guard. Uh, there were a couple guys that I thought um, held their own. Jordan Austin, Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, Frank Martin did well in some one-on-ones. But kind of going back to your, your point about the defense, on offense... Uh, on the offensive line, I don't see a star yet. It's still very early with Austin Jackson. Maybe he becomes that guy. But beyond him, I don't know. I don't know that there will be a star. But I think they can be average to above average at every spot. And if you're that on your offensive line in the Pac-12, then you'll be very good. Yeah, I think they're going to have a really good offensive line for the Pac-12. I, I think that in conference play, they will look incredible. Uh, I, I've i actually gone a lot higher on this offensive line than I used to be. I thought it could be a huge weakness coming into this year. I feel a lot better about it after spring. I think Chuma Doga is all of a sudden, uh, before, I thought he's a head case. I thought he's a, you know a potential problem for them. I think now, uh, yes, all those issues probably still exist from the past. They're still there. But he looks to me like he could be a really good option at right tackle, like a really good option, uh, an athlete that maybe shouldn't even be playing there and should be playing on the left side, right? Uh, that He's a good option. I like that. Uh, I like to lobe down at center. I like what's beneath him at center. So I think all of a sudden at center they're fine. I think guard, they have some guys there that, that they can figure it out and they can do things with. You have some experienced guys there. Some guys that have been there forever. You have some younger guys like Andrew Voorhees, who's probably going to mature into a heck of an offensive lineman down the line. I expect big things out of him eventually. So I think at guard, they're very capable. They can figure that out. They don't have a situation where, you know, uh, it's a mess at guard and they're putting guys in that can't play. They don't have a situation like they did a few years ago where I felt like they recruited a bunch of guys that were kind of out of shape and lazy and we're relying <laughs> on them to no really really it's it's it, I, the recruiting rankings don't reflect it because people will look back and say oh they recruited guards really well back a few years back 
and now they don't have all that high-end talent at guard. The difference is, is that they have older guys that maybe came in, you know, lower-ranked guys, smaller guys, but they put the work in in the weight room and built their bodies, and I felt like in years past they were relying on fat guys to get motivated, and it didn't work. Yes, they were good athletes, but it didn't work. I like what they have going on at guard right now. I don't think they have a star, but I think they can make this work. The one concern is left tackle. I'm honestly pretty satisfied with the other four spots. I think the other four spots are very passable. You know, I don't think it's a high-end offensive line, but I think that they'll get it done in the Pac-12. They'll be one of the best offensive lines in the Pac-12 if they figure out left tackle. If left tackle's an issue, they still might be able to get away with it. It'll just get it, they'll be exposed eventually by somebody. But if they figure out left tackle, this could be one of the better offensive lines that they've had in a while, I think. I really do. It just from what I saw in the spring and at that spring showcase especially, it looked promising. And in years past, I felt like their offensive line has been a mess, honestly. So I I think better is definitely the verdict for this offensive line and what I expect from them. Yeah, the one thing that we couldn't really tell because of the way that they practice, we the physicality, you, you just that remains to be seen. And of course it matters. Uh, it was a glaring weakness when they played the best team. When they played Texas, when they played Notre Dame, when they played Ohio State. I, I, I can't vouch for them there. And the other thing was that with Toa not there, then, you know, he's really kind of the the guy in terms of communication. Now, it, it does help that everyone else probably had to, you know, take on more with him not there and you having a, a redshirt freshman making all these calls. But... I don't think Toa will be uh, an issue there. Or that will be an issue for him. Um, he's worked there a long time, even though he hasn't played a lot of center, because he basically tore up both of his knees while playing center, you know, right when he started playing the position. But uh, let, let's just hope that, you know, that he's healthy. And, again, I think communication will be okay physicality part of it I don't know I I, I don't know I, I know both you and I kind of feel the same way about this in terms of the Pac-12 and that you're probably okay you, with with these linemen you know with, with their size with their athleticism with their ability they're, they're probably physical enough Yes. When you look at the way that USC's run the ball the last couple of years, they've ran really well. And not just with I, Rojo. They've ran well with other people as well. I guarantee you that if you watch some USC football at home this year, this is to the audience, that you will see at least one game where they show the average weight of the USC offensive line. And it's like 300 pounds, 305 pounds. And they show the average weight of the Arizona or Washington State or whoever they're playing defensive line. And it'll be like 243 pounds. Right. Yeah. They'll get away with it if they're not that physical. Okay. Except in those few games. Those few potential games. Right, we're going to move on. So the O-line, we agree, 
should be better. They they have to be really good. They're they're very important. Yeah. They're more. They do. They're even more important this year. Tight end. I don't want to spend a lot of time here because I already know what we think. I mean, they're they're better. Yeah, better. they're you're gonna get more Josh Follow. Uh, I like what I've seen from Eric Cromenholt this spring. I I think he's complete. I know he's not as much of a receiving threat, but you can. What I like about him is that you could play him on any down. You can kind of put him in any package and use him in different ways. You're really not telegraphing anything by having him on the field. Uh, they they feature him a lot uh, as a blocker against pass rush. They throw to him. They, they run behind him. I mean, they, they do everything with him. That's important. Um, he's like their their new young Tyler Petit. Um, but I think he, he can be better and got a lot of work. You know, Tyler was a bit limited. Modern Baby was out. So you, we saw a lot of follow and Chrome and Hoke, and that's what they need. I mean, those reps are invaluable for a young player. Uh, we, we actually saw that at a lot of spots, even on defense, where the guys that had, you know, been multi or starters, they were rested at times because these other guys need to learn the defense and springs when you do it. So I don't want to. I want to say this and give people the impression that they weren't working hard or they were going light with their veterans. Um, they they have 85 guys now. Really, I mean, or you know, 70 plus because the all not all the incoming freshmen are there, but they do need to get them involved and get them ready to go. And I, I felt like the, the reps were probably managed pretty well in spring. So we, we saw a lot of these tight ends. They were really good. Follow can be explosive, really athletic. Uh, I think he could be a, a game-changing tight end. Um, to me, he's a bigger version of a modern Bebe. They're not identical, but they're similar. And with a modern Bebe, I don't have much to say because it's it's hard to know what's really going on in there. He he tore his quad and, and hasn't really healed and hasn't been right. He played through it last year and he, he worked he worked really hard. I, I mean he's he's losing time. It's really hard on him and he's very good. He's someone we thought maybe he'd declare. Not, not after last season, but going into the season, we thought that was a possibility for him with a with a breakout season. And it obviously didn't happen. You just hope that he's available, that he can get back on the field. Uh, they're hopeful that it will happen, but it's kind of been unknown with him. Like, there, there are no promises with him, unfortunately. If he's available, then... He's co-starting with Tyler Petit. Tyler is still the starter, but I expect to see all these guys play, and I think it'll be a position where really who's producing will play. And I, that's why I, I believe it's possible that one of these young guys could supplant the veterans. I don't think that just because you're the senior and you've been starting and so on that you're locked in. I do think that sometimes at other spots 
I do not think that right now, Tegan. Word. All right. Okay, receiver? Better. Better? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Why? Oh, I feel like we disagree. Good. Uh, I think Tyler Vaughns continues to be a freak. I expect Michael Pittman, uh, when he comes back in the season, to pick up where he was at the end of last season and seem like he was actually, arguably, maybe the best receiver pound for pound at the end of the year, right? If we're just talking about who's the best and not numbers. It's a close race anyway, so I expect him to, to kind of be right there with Vaughns. And then I know they lose Deontay Burnett, but I feel like, hey, Trevon Sidney, Villas Jones, both a year older. Then you have Amon Ross St. Brown come in. I think with his talent, he'll push them to be better. I think the two outside guys improve. I think that the slot maybe is similar, maybe isn't that much of a drop-off. And I feel like the rest of the roster just gets a year older. All right. That's totally plausible. I want to comment on a couple things that you mentioned. At the end of the year, I felt like we didn't know who their best receiver was. I felt like yes. it might have been Michael Pittman. It might have been Tyler Vaughn. It might have been John Burnett. They really kind of shared that baton. That's how good they were. I think they were an elite group collectively because of the three of them if not particularly deep. This group, you'd like to think it'll be deeper because of what you said, that, you know, really, you, you lost Deontay and you lost Stephen Mitchell, but you get a better version of Vaughn and a better version of Pittman, and then you get all these young guys who really have been about potential that uh, maybe it's their time because they're they're in year three. Valus. Josh Matarbebe, Trevon Stigny, even Keyshawn Young. Right now, I was a little bit disappointed by this group in spring. Tyler Vines was awesome. He dominated at times. Uh, I felt like he was probably targeted too much because there were, there were moments where he would literally get three or four passes in a row. And, yeah, he... He could be his defender, or maybe he didn't, but, you know, you he's the best guy. He could justify it. Pittman was limited. He didn't really practice much over the second half of spring, so you don't have him on the other side. But you got to see what you got with the other guys. I think because the quarterbacks were so young, they weren't comfortable doing that. I think if you had your veteran quarterback – he probably approaches it much differently and maybe it would leave a different case to my mouth about the receivers. So maybe I don't have a good answer because they were underutilized. Again, we just saw so much of Tyler Vaughn who looked fantastic and I think really highly of and I'm expecting to be great. I'm expecting that of Michael Pittman. But here's the rub. I don't know what to expect beyond the two of them. I really don't. Valus had some days there where he was really good. It wasn't every day, but it wasn't just like one day. It, there was definitely a handful. And maybe he's your slot receiver. I don't know that. Right now, they're actually recruiting a grad transfer 
from Wake Forest, Jabari Hines. We reported that a couple days ago, in fact, that he'll be visiting USC this weekend. Very productive at Wake Forest, and maybe he jumps right in and he assumes that job in a slot. Maybe it's Amon Ra St. Brown. One of our readers proposed that Amon Ra would be really good on the outside. And maybe you move, you know, this reader mentioned Michael Pittman playing slot. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, that, that wasn't my idea. But uh, I, I would think Amon Ra would play in the slot, personally. But, again, I haven't even seen him practice for USC yet. Let's, let's see what happens there. Uh, Yogi Roth is really, really high on him. He called him the best receiver prospect since Deshaun Jackson. That's notable. So I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be fine. I don't want to say right now that they're better than they left off at the end of last year because at the end of last year, you had Vaughn and Pittman and then you had Deontay Burnett. And I don't know that these other parts will surpass Deontay. But they definitely could. You know, if Amon Ra is ready to rock and roll right away and Bayless really did take a, you know, a jump there and then you get some production from these other guys. Uh, Randall Grimes is another one who was a bit limited. But I, I felt like, again, beyond Vaughn's and then throw away Pittman because he was banged up, um, I would have liked to have seen more from the rest of that group. So on paper, it might look like it's deep because there's a lot of names there. But I'm not sold on more than really Vaughn's and Pittman. With Bayless, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. And then beyond him, I'm, I'm just totally unsure. So I'm going to say that they're a little worse, but I, 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 try to put, I try to give you a full context for why I think that. And uh, I might be wrong about that, and I, you know, I'm prepared for that. Now, are they better off than they were at the beginning of last season? When Tyler yeah. Bonds and Michael Pittman couldn't right, play, they, they were. and they were like considering transferring out of the program, <laughs> and their parents were fighting with coaches on Twitter because yeah. they didn't play them, and they played a guy that transferred to Illinois uh, and uh, some other people right. instead. So yes, that's all. Sorry, quick side note. No, yeah, the guy was totally mismanaged. Obviously, they are better than they were going into last season, and again, they, they might be better than they were at the end of last season. I, I just. Think that you, you can't just forget about Deontay. Uh, and I don't even know that Deontay was the best receiver. I'm not even really arguing that. But the three of them together, like right now, if, if I had the three of them, I think I might have the best receiving core in the nation. That's better than Jalen Green, Stephen Mitchell, and Deontay Burnett? Maybe. Okay. Not sure. <laughs> okay. Why do you do that to me? I'm sorry. But USC fans should send, like, Michael Pittman Sr., like, a personal thank you card. Yeah. He put the cell really? in motion. Yes, he did. Well, and, and, and the concussion. And then delete and then deleted his Twitter. There was a concussion, which is no joke. Oh. But J- if Jalen Green didn't get a concussion, then I, I don't know where Tyler Vaughn's at right now. Pittman would be at Illinois. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
All right, let's talk about Rainbacks. Ooh, this will be a hard one. Yeah, no, they're not as good. Uh, they're now they basically brought back the same guys, but without Rojo. So they have really good depth, but they had it last year too. And going into the year, they had a healthy car, whereas as of right now, they don't have that. So while there's a drop off, and you can't even argue that they're deeper. I think they're good. Yeah. I don't think they're like average. I don't. I think that they no. were great last year, and now yep. they're good with the potential to be very good. I do not think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to reach where they were last year. Now, no. now they might have a better offensive line. They might skew different numbers and all that, but. I'm just saying, I I don't think that they benefit from Rojo leaving. No. This reminds me, when, when Rojo was there, it kind of reminded me of, like, the Reggie Bush, Lendale White backfield. Obviously, it wasn't that good, but it felt like, oh, this is a special backfield. Like, these guys behind him are pretty darn good, too. You know? Like, it, it felt yeah. really special. Well, I mean, now people wanted of- Stephen Carr to take over because of how good he looked. Yes. Yeah, they, they were loaded yes. last year. Yes. When they were all now, available. Yes. Now it kind of feels like more of like a 06, 07, 08 type where it's like, oh, maybe they have one star, you know, but, but all these guys are good. And it feels like, oh, they have like, you know, four guys that, you know, you could play them and they'd fit in and it'd be fine. I like their backfield a lot. They don't have the best running back in the country this year. But I feel pretty good about everybody that that they could put in and hand the ball to, and I feel like they're only going to get better. It kind of reminds me of the linebacker linebackers a little bit. It's like, hey, you lost your top guy, but everybody else there is pretty good, and they're only maturing. Yeah, yeah. I think they can have a good backfield, a really good backfield. I like this backfield a yeah. lot. It's probably one of the better ones in the in the conference. Sure. Yeah. Without question. Yeah, I, I mean, they have another guy coming in. Uh, a much-needed power back. I like it a lot. That's why I wanted to, to to preface everything because I just because I don't think it's better doesn't mean I don't think it's good or maybe very good. And, and maybe you mentioned those uh, post-national title Carroll teams, and I would point to maybe like oh wait, where you had Stefan doing stuff and you had McKnight yeah. doing stuff, and then on occasion Gable or Mark Tyler. Or, uh, what's his name? Broderick. Broderick Green? Broderick Green. They all could play when they got in the field. They all produced, actually. They they weren't a dominant running game. And, and sometimes you didn't know which guy to ride. And that might happen with this group. But they all individually were productive. And I think the challenge here will be you know, what What are the roles or how do we disseminate the carries? My expectation is that Stephen Carr would lead the team in carries. Now, this is assuming everyone's healthy. I would, I would expect that Carr would be the number one back, but maybe not what you would classify as a feature back. I don't know that he'll get more than 20 carries a game, week in and week out. I think it, 
I think it's going to be a lot closer in carries than a lot of people expect. They yeah. really do. He hasn't shown the dur- the ability to be durable. I think if if he if he was a oh we could give this guy the ball thirty times a game, you know twenty to thirty times a game and he's fine, they probably would do that. But he's not that guy, and that's fine. That's totally fine. They have the other running backs to make up for that. They have guys that should have the ball in their hands as well, actually. So it works out perfectly. Yeah, I, what I love about this group, in fact, where it is improved from last year and maybe significantly, is that they all are well-rounded. They all can catch the ball. They can pass block. Uh, I, I like the way that they run inside, the, you know, between the tackles, run outside, where even even Rojo at times in his career was could be a bit of a one-dimensional runner. I think he really grew in that way uh, by by his third year. But uh, these guys, I think, give you all of that. And I think that that could open things up on offense where, yeah, I'm not sure how heavy they're going to go with this RPO game. But uh, whether they do or not, the fact that you can basically call any play with these guys. You can put them in any package. And I, I felt like you... They kind of forced Rojo into that. Especially when Card went down last year. And Rojo was running about 25 times, which ended up doing that. But the problem with it with him is that you knew that you weren't going to... Like, they knew that... The other teams knew that you weren't going to throw the ball to him. And he's probably a bit of a liability, you know, when facing a pass rush. Now I feel like you can use any of these guys. You can rotate them. You can keep them fresh. You can ride one guy until he's a little bit burned out and then go to the next guy, you know, within the game. However you want to do it. I mean, that is important to figure out. But the point is, I think that because they're balanced, it gives the whole offense a lot more balance. And maybe without without that, that superstar... Um, Carr might become that, but it, let's just say that they play all three of them, then maybe that's better in terms of being a run-first team. Because that that's what you need. You, you need a stable if you're going to be run-first. Look at the those early Carroll teams, the good ones, 0-2, where they ran multiple guys quite a bit. You know, there really wasn't this... 25 carry guy. You rotated them. Even when you had Lendell White and you had Reggie, you had Herschel, or before that, Fargus and McCullough, those guys rotated. And those were run first teams. And so I feel like they have they have the pieces to be that. They to be what they what they need to be, what they want to be with a young quarterback. So I, I give this a good grade. It's just not as good as they were at the end of last year. That's all. Agree. All right. Are you ready for your to give your quarterback joke? I am, but you have to start with quarterback. I need to come in second. Okay. I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks now, everyone. So there was definitely competition, but it wasn't to win the job now. That was made clear before they started 
I mean, they they were informed that they that there would not be a starter selected, that they'd be competing through training camp until one Mr. JT Daniels arrived. Uh, insert joke here. I'm just waiting for you to be done with your analysis so I can start because okay, the joke is going to be really rant. good. I can tell. Well, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long rant too. There's going there's a long rant involved with the other quarterbacks as well. Okay. Um, they're, obviously they're worse. I, I like how we didn't even bother to say that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't need to tell you that. Everyone knows that. Yeah, so I have a little bit of a problem with these quarterbacks, honestly. Um, I look at Jack Sears. I like Jack Sears. I feel like he's the poor man Sam Darnold. That's what I see when I look at him. He remind, he's, like, he's like Sam Darnold's younger brother that learned how to play the game from Sam Darnold. That's really what I think. Uh, if he was a redshirt senior uh, and at that level, like I think that when he's that age, he could totally start at USC. I'm just not digging it right now. I just didn't see a lot that I liked. Matt Fink, I love the way that guy runs. I wish every quarterback could, could run like that. He's fun to watch. But I really don't think that guy can throw a good pass. I just don't. I'm not sure he could hit the broadside of a barn with a handful of beans. Honestly, and that's not a good trait for a USC quarterback. Now, if they start running a different offense, maybe he works. I just don't like either one of these options. It makes me feel like JT Daniels as a freshman is going to have to be the answer. I don't know if that's a good thing. He's a freshman, remember? Don't get too excited, USC fans. But I feel like it just feels like a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the guy. Now, this is assuming that USC knows how to take care of all the logistical problems with his Dorian Gray portrait uh, that keeps him so young. I mean, where are they going to put it in the dorm room? Do they have a stud that can handle a 400-pound oil painting from the 17th century? When they go on the road, Does he? can he be parted from the portrait, or do they have to bring it? Who's holding the portrait on the sidelines during the Notre Dame game? What's going to happen? But if they can figure all of that out, if they can figure out how to travel with that portrait and how to store it at USC and how to keep it away from the general public, I think JT Daniels might just be the guy. Thank you. Thank you. I wrote that like weeks ago. I wrote it down. I'm looking yeah, at I, it I right now. Exactly, I, I, I believe should. You should. I literally... As I'm looking at my phone, waiting for recruiting news, you know, things to break, things to report on, I keep a little notebook and I just write JT Daniels' age jokes down in it. And uh, I'm nowhere close to the end, just so you know. There's a lot of them to go. Okay. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, I'm going to talk more about the other two because that's what I saw this spring. And this is why I wanted to wait for you. Just yeah, I know. Because that's all, that's all I have to say. Don't so worry. It was a beautiful ahead. joke. <laughs> I'll be real proud of yourself. I'm really proud. I'm sure your mother is. I'm worried about running into anyone that's related to him. But besides that. Yeah. Okay. You can just lie to them about who you are. <laughs> right. it, it would be fair <laughs> of you. I'll blame it on another USC site. Yeah. Have you heard what they said about you? <laughs> okay. The other cue. They were okay. I, I know that you want to look for the positive, and we saw some, 
But if I'm looking at the big picture, I don't feel like they're ready to start. And at this point, while that's a very hard position, that's what they signed up for. And you'd like to think that they'd be further along. For Matt Fink, he got here over two years ago. That was his third spring practice. For Jack Sears, that was his second. They're not good enough yet. For, for USC to be USC. And for them to be starting. And I don't want to be too pointed here. But that's just where things stand. They have time though. Here's the, here's the thing. They got 15 practices in spring. And, and that's hardly the end all be all. But they get 25 more before that season opener. On top of all the work that they're going to be doing between now and August. Which is three and a half months. That's a lot of time. Now, it, they got a lot of reps this spring, and those are, I guess, most important. If you could point to one thing that's most important before a game, it's reps. But they, they can, at quarterback, there's a lot of work that you can do in the offseason. That at maybe at other positions, it's, it's not as simple to just grow. But I think at quarterback, what you can learn, what you can study, what you can work on individually, uh, who you can work with, right, with your receivers and your tight ends. I think that they're going to have time to to be ready to to play UNLV. USC is fortunate to begin the season with that game, but then it, after that, it, it's it's go time. You're playing Stanford on the road. You're playing Texas on the road. So right now to kind of tie this together. I coming out of spring my, my hunch is that JT Daniels will will be the starter. Based on what I've seen from Sears and Fink in spring. I think if you were handicapping it, it's close. It's very close it shouldn't be close though. That's where I'm coming from here. Well, that's it, it the shouldn't point be I was going to make. But I think, yeah. I think it's very close, and I think that not that JT has a lead, right? He hasn't done anything yet, but I think yeah. he will, you know, soon pull position. I think that he's going to have enough time because he also will join this team in June. He, he's, yeah. not, I mean, re- really, like. They, I don't feel like thinking Sears are that far ahead. They had a big head start, and they haven't really moved very far. No, and my thing is, is that it's a new age. It feels like quarterbacks at the pro level, at the college level, seems like it comes quicker than it used to. It doesn't seem like we're waiting on guys the way that we used to, where they had to learn all these things and do all these things before they were ready. feels like, I'm not saying true freshman quarterbacks, 
It feels like you're ready quickly or you're never ready. That seems to be the new trend among college quarterbacks. I look at these two guys, and I don't think they're ever going to be ready. I really don't. I I look at Matt Fink, and I I like the way he runs. Yeah, I don't. No, know I got your scouting report. I get you. I'm I'm just gonna say I don't think I don't know if he's ever gonna be there. I don't know if he'll ever be that guy. Jack Sears, I feel like to me, he's a Cody Kessler type. I feel like that's kind of his his future is like this could be a crafty veteran that doesn't have a lot of the tools a lot of the high-end athletic tools but he knows how to play the game i think he's smart for his age i was impressed with what i saw but to me it just feels like these guys will never be the guy and if jt daniels is really what he's supposed to be which we don't know i'm gonna say it again because max brown right was he what he was supposed to be? How many five-star quarterbacks could I name? I could just go down the list. Sure. He might not be that guy. But if he is, these other guys are not that. They're just not. And I'm not sure they'll ever be ready. So if I had to bet, I'm going to bet on Daniels. Because even if he isn't that guy, even if he really isn't what he's hyped up to be, I feel like the coaching staff might think that he is anyway. And they might give him that chance just because – how can you know they got to be looking at these other two guys like well they'll never be the high-end talent we want at quarterback they're just not going to be that it will not happen yeah i I understand it's fair i mean we're being blunt here with jack i think he can be good i just don't know how much time it's going to take i don't know that he'll be at that place when the season begins or even early in the season. I can still see him starting the opener, but like if they if they had a game this weekend, I don't know who would start. I, I don't know. I don't think they know either. No, but I mean, it, you they have to pick a guy, right? And I don't yeah. know who they would pick. I really don't know. Matt Fink, I believe, took more of the first team reps. I thought Jack played a little bit better than him. So that kind of leaves us even, right? Jack's further along as a quarterback than he is. Just yeah, he's a little bit more polished. Yeah, he to me, Jack, Jack Sears is an incredibly well coached quarterback. Like his whole life, that's what I see when I see him. I just don't know if he's if he has the tools to be a guy at USC yeah, I mean, or to be a high end college. Quarterback. They, they both were up and down in spring. I think he had good days too. I think had a couple weeks where he was better than Sears. And so it, it, I, I don't want to paint this out to be like a, a landslide by any means because no, they were about it's even. It's not. I feel like Fink has some tools that Sears doesn't have because Fink is, is like really fast. You yeah. know, like that's, that's a huge advantage. That guy can run. He plays a little bit safer and I think he knows the offense a little bit better. And uh, you mentioned Cody uh, about with Jack and, you know, incidentally, Fink is the one that, you know, checks down quite a bit. Yeah. I, I think too much. Uh, I, I like the way that Jack is aggressive and, you know, is, is trying to complete intermediate throws and, and move the offense. You have to have that. You know, I mean, this is USC. This is a quarterback. You have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to win with your arm at times. Well, that's. I feel like Fink changes their offense because 
to me, when I watch him throw, it feels like a throw is a loss. You know what I mean? It almost feels like his dangerous uh, play is the the run-pass option, and the pass becomes a, I can't take off. Like, that's, like, the loss. Like, oh, I didn't want to pass. I want to run. That's I don't know if that's what he thinks. I don't know if that's – but to me, when I when I watch him, that's what it seems like is like passes from him are not threats. They're just like, oh, this is the best play. It's like the pitch. It's like, you know, yeah. he wants to hold it and run. And when he gets that chance, he hurts people. But, to, you know, outside of that, there's not a lot yeah. being offered. All right. Well, we're about done. But before we finish, I do want to ask – I want to pose one more question oh, regarding God. the quarterbacks that I think uh, – is maybe an underlying issue here. Is Clay Helkin good at developing quarterbacks? I mean, it can be rhetorical. Oh, uh, you. But I think we can you. We can speak on it. You look at the track record with the guys that have played and then the ones that were there that never did play and never even got to that point where they could get on the field or, or win the job or, you know, like in Max Brown's case, remain a starter. I, I think it's a fair question. And I felt like these two guys are, they'll, they'll, they're part of the witness test. Not that we have the answer from them, but if you have a, a, a kid come out of high school, Right? who just came out of his junior year of high school, come in not even in the spring but in the fall and win the job right away and become the starter over two kids that have been there for a year and a half and two and a half years respectively? Something's wrong there. Yeah, well, I already have the answer, so I was just waiting for you to finish. Would you like me to answer the question? Yeah, go ahead. He can't develop quarterbacks. Well, can't? Like, just can't do it? Or is he doing it well? Can't, can't, No, it does not happen. Hmm. It has not happened at USC, the development of quarterbacks, since Clay Helton has been the quarterbacks coach and the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Who's the quarterback that developed? Sam Darnold, the one that was the best quarterback in the country, his redshirt freshman year? that everyone said was a freak his freshman year and killed them on scout teams. He didn't develop him. He was ready to go. Who else was good at USC at quarterback under Clay Helton? You want to make an answer? I'm waiting. There's no answer because it's well, no Matt, one. Matt Barkley, I think. One year. Yeah, yeah but now one his year. senior year is kind of overstated. Like There's a bit of a revisionist history there. He was pretty good. The team wasn't as good. Uh, he wasn't as good as he was in junior year. And and so that's kind of where you can phrase your answer a certain way. It seems like we've seen regression. Like, I, I thought we saw development out of Barkley. Barkley was a lot better when he left than when, when he got there. We, totally. we saw development, but, but we also saw regression from him. And I thought we saw it with Kessler... We just saw a lack of development with Brown altogether, and then we saw a bit of regression with Darnold too. And you can 
I mean, if you go deeper too, why was Max Wittick so unusable? Why, you know, why was Cody Kessler so average, one of the most average starting quarterbacks I've ever seen at USC? Uh, Matt Barkley didn't come anywhere near close to being what he was supposed to be. Uh, Max Brown was a bust. Uh, uh, Jalen Green moved to receiver and then transferred. It just it seems like absolutely everybody outside of Sam Darnold has gone co- as bad as could possibly be expected. Really, I mean, like Matt Barkley coming into USC, if anybody, nobody would have believed that was his career. I know he ended up with all these passing touchdowns that he's you're right, and he's and he's a four year starter. And he had that great junior season, but I think people would have been stunned years, that he would finish as a fourth rounder. He was the fourth rounder, and his senior year was it was a shocking regression from junior year in terms of turnovers. And the two years before his junior year, I don't think he really had a had a season that anybody would write home no. about. Cody Kessler was incredibly average. Max Wittick was shockingly bad considering what he was coming out of high school and what he looked like in that Army game in high school. Uh, Jesse Scroggins never did anything. I mean, it's just it just seems like. It's just everybody. It's just absolutely everybody except for Sam Darnold, who we know for a fact as a true freshman, even his redshirt year, the year he redshirted, was a killer. Everyone says it. Nobody says, oh, he got way better. They said, yeah, that guy came in and he was a killer. And they, I I mean, the players were talking about how he could beat Max Brown out well before any of us ever thought that could even possibly happen. Yeah. I remember that going on, and we all just kind of ignored it. Remember, we were like, oh, that's nonsense talk. They're trying to play up this competition. No, they actually saw the kid play, and they're like, he's a freak. No one else developed. Did Sam Darnold even really develop? Did he even really get that much better? I don't know. Uh, A lot of people criticized this last year. I wasn't a big critic of it, but a lot of people did criticize him uh, for his redshirt junior year. Yeah. Redshirt junior year. Redshirt sophomore year. See, the redshirt always throws yeah. me. Um, he, he came so, and went so quickly, it, it can be a bit hard to tell. Now, people would disagree with us. It's not like this is black and white. The, the other side of this coin is that you have NFL quarterbacks. Barkley's in the NFL. Barely, but, but he's in it. And okay. Cody's hanging on in the NFL. And he's Darnold's going to be probably the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And that's under his watch. So okay. I, that's why I think it's a polarizing issue. But I, I bring it up really not because of them. I, they're more of you know the the evidence. And, and I feel like there are arguments to be made on both sides. But with what's next, that's what we're going to find out, I think, with thinking Sears. And I'm not going to go off of spring practice and say he doesn't develop quarterbacks because of how these guys performed. It's my opinion that they don't look ready to play at a high level this year. But maybe they are, or maybe they will. And and I, I think I want to I see more in, in training camp. But I think that if, if they're not ready or they don't play well, then that's what I would look to. And at the end of the day, this is who he recruited. And 
and who he's had time with. I I know he's not the quarterback's coach, but this is his realm. He, he gets the credit when it goes well, and he'll get the blame when it doesn't. That's just the reality of being the head coach and being the offensive coordinator slash head coach that, that he used to be. He, and I'll tell you, 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 this is his position. This is what he played. Yeah. This is what he's coached. This has been his whole life, quarterbacks. And it, and at USC, can you complain about that that position? Because you know, if if he was at Memphis still, and it was like, yeah, you're going to catch the blame when it goes wrong at quarterback at Memphis, I'd feel bad for him. Right. You know, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably going to go wrong for you more often than not, just because. Sorry, at USC, I do not feel bad for him at all. He should get one of the best high school quarterbacks in the country every year. I think most people feel like they they generally do. Now, yeah. if if it's not development, then it would be evaluation. I mean, it, yeah, no, that's it, fair. It comes too. down to one or the other or both. Well, I'll tell you that they're very confident in their in their ability to evaluate and their ability to develop quarterbacks because they told Shea Patterson no. Right. And if I wasn't confident in my ability to evaluate or d- develop quarterbacks, I would have taken that kid in a second. Well, yeah, right. I, I, I would have just taken him. I forget about whether what well, you feel about yeah, yourself. No, me too. Me too, but I'm just, I'm just saying that to me, to me it seems like evidence that like – they feel very good about what they're doing at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think they were in bed right? with JT. That, that's what I think happened there. Uh, that's what I was told was the situation. Clay Helton with an older man? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew you'd get one more in. I can't help yeah. myself. But, oh. but uh, yeah, they, they might come to regret that. Yeah. This season's going to be fascinating. Oh, it is. It really is. I can't wait. And I'm excited for different reasons. I like when there's a team with just a lot of a lot of potential and a lot of talent, and where I don't know what they're going to be. I prefer it over the maybe even okay. Like see, last year, I personally did not think that they were ready to win a national title. I didn't think coming into the year that they were that. I was looking forward more to 2016 going into the year, not so much when Donald necessarily took over. Obviously, that's when it got very exciting. But the point is, because I didn't know what would happen going into that year, I found myself more intrigued by that than I did last year, where there was a lot of hype, a lot of expectations, and I felt inevitably going to be a letdown. This year... I think their record could fall in a wide range. And and I think there's just so many players. You know, and let's move on. You know, just not make it about wins and losses. I feel like there's just so many players that, like, what's this guy going to be? And what's he going to be? And what will he become? And, you know, where's he going? And what's happening there? And who's going to play there? I, I I can go on and on like we, like we did with all these defensive players. And, um, you know, even that running back. Like, what's going to happen? At receiver, is Tyler Vaughn going to become a star? What about Michael Pittman? You know, what's Amon Ross St. Brown? Who's going to play quarterback? I just feel like there's mystery. 
up and down the roster. And, and But not like, you know, this team's going to be really bad and you just don't know what to expect because they're not going to be good. I think they, they could be good, but I don't know where it's going to come from and how it's going to happen and, and how long it'll take. I, I like teams like this way better, too, uh, for the reason... Not, I get all of that, and I understand all of that's exciting, but for me, it just... I feel like when you're a high-end college football program and the expectation is for you to run through the conference and compete for a national title, it makes the season very boring, and it makes it sets it up for everyone around the program, the fans, the players, to be angry because it's not going to end well 99% of the time. You're not going to end the season undefeated national champions, right? So I kind of like this because I feel like Oh yeah, if they go nine and three, people will be happy. You know, if they go ten and two, people will be happy. Yeah. Where like last year, it was like everyone was miserable. Yeah, you better go twelve and one and or undefeated. They they won the conference, went to the and, and I was a huge critic, right? And so I'm not trying like I'm not a I'm not a you know a fanboy jumping up and down saying everybody should be nicer to them. I totally get it. They, they should have done better last season. But they won the conference, won 10 games, went to the Con Bowl, and everybody's mad. 11 games. And I get yeah. – 11 games. Yeah, sorry. And I get why they're mad. I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, it felt They should have been better. Yeah, it was disappointing. They should have been better. They should have done better. The losses that they had were awful losses. But, and but even every, some of the, the wins play, were uninspiring. Yeah. But the players didn't want to talk about it. The coaches weren't happy about it. The fans were either mad because they didn't think it was good enough or they were mad because they were mad at people for not thinking it was good <laughs> right. enough. It was just a whole bunch of yeah. crud. And they were actually a good football team. They, yeah, they were you know, good. a good college, foo- yeah, good college football sure. team. And and this year, yeah, if they go 9-3 and three and finish second in the Pac-12 yeah. and, like, lose the Holiday Bowl by three points, like – It'll be okay. And that's just more fun. Every game's interesting. In in seasons where they're supposed to compete for a national title, you look at half the schedule and you're like and you're like, well they'll win that, 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 that and then you get to those games and like unless it's a total meltdown and close or a potential loss, you're changing the channel after two quarters because they're up fifty to nothing. You know what I mean? Just all this drama sucked out of it. The goal's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody's miserable. It's just bad. It just really is. Yeah. So I like this. I, it's more fun. It's just more fun this this season going into it. What what could happen? Yeah. You know, it, it'll be fun to watch. I don't think anybody will be mad unless they lose four or five games. So, good. Well, I mean, they might, but uh, it just might be growing pain with a young quarterback. And, yeah. And I don't, well, I don't think that that's a failure. I, I don't really want to talk record right now, but I, my point is, first-year starter, really young, they might go 7-5. Yeah, I think if if they if they start a freshman quarterback, and this might be a reason that they do it, too, if they go 7-5, and five, I'm totally fine with that. It's a freshman quarterback. You can't expect them to win the conference or to seriously compete for a conference style. The Pac-12 might be down enough that they could do it anyway. I don't know. But you can't expect that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure USC. some people do. And that's fine. I, you can expect whatever you want. Um, I don't see like a, you know, a 10-11 win team. I, I don't. But, but no. I just don't even really know 
how good they're going to be, I, I, they might be really good by the end of the year because they have all these young guys that, that are going to play. And some of them, they're brand new and they might be great. Sometimes young players are really, really good. That, that's not rare. It, it doesn't mean that you're promised to have them, but we've seen that in the recent past where, you know, first-year guys were outstanding. I think of Juju and Adore. That was a fun year, even though it was a kind of a wacky year, and they lost a couple games, you know, in the final seconds. But between Juju and Adore and Leonard Williams and Sua Cravens, there was a lot to like about that team. Yeah, and it was unpredictable. And, uh, and Steve Sarkeesian. And, yeah, I mean, year one with him. Who USC fans should send a thank you card to. What? Um, I feel like he's a big reason why they're where they are. I feel like he recruited very well, got them a lot of their top players uh, that were their top players last year or this yeah, year. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I've been meaning to make this point for a while. So these last two seasons that Helton had, he won with Starks players. Now, I'm not going to give a disproportionate amount of credit to Stark for that because he's long gone, and I felt like Helkin's been coaching the team better than Stark ever did. I don't know that he's recruiting as well, but he hasn't coached it better. But he's coaching the talent that Stark brought in, and he won with the talent that Stark brought in. And now this team is still a concoction, there, there are definitely a handful of guys like like Marvell and Biggie and Porter, Cam, that were recruited by Stark. But there's also quite a few now that Helton brought in. You know, it's probably closer to even, and then moving forward, it will it will obviously become all of Helton's players. But just that's another subplot here. You know, how well he does coaching more of his guys and not the guys that that Stark recruited. And, yep. and really that staff. I mean, that staff is basically gone. You know, it's T. Martin and Johnny Nansen, right? And, yeah. And, and Clay. So. And Tim Drevno. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't involved in this recruiting Um I don't know how much he was... I don't think he was involved in that recruiting either because he just came in uh, right you know, before that class was put together and then he left before the next year. So on the recruiting side, I don't think he's really had a, an imprint on you know, either of the two teams that he'll have coached. It, it'll be the next year and in the following Did he get Chuma Adoga, though? No. Okay. Sorry. That's right. They changed... Offensive line coaches so often. Yeah. Can't keep track. Um, yeah, but I just wanted to point out that Steve Sarkeesian, great recruiter, great evaluator of talent. He's the guy that Ricky Town committed to him, five-star quarterback Ricky Town at the time, <laughs> that was committed to Alabama, basically went to him and committed to him because he hated Lane Kiffin so much, and Lane Kiffin went to Alabama from USC town committed to Alabama because he wouldn't commit to Kiffin at USC, so he flipped. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian said, thank you very much. Hey, I really like the Sam Darnold guy. I think we should get him. 
too. Just just to be sure, <sighs> he seems really good yeah. too. And he, and uh, he was right. So he was right. Despite those, you know, those recruiting rankings, having Ricky Town as a five star and Sam Darnold as a three star, three star initially before they initially before they adjusted it later yeah. and made them even, which they clearly were. <laughs> all right, you, you got you got to go log in. Did I did I get it all? Yeah. Out? I don't know. Okay. I probably have other things to okay, say. Okay, I'm going to remind everyone we are going to be doing another podcast um, early next week. We're going to do a Q&A. So please send us your questions at trojansports.com on the Trojan Talk message board. Feel free to ask us whatever you want. There's still a lot we can talk about from spring practice. I do have a projected depth chart published at trojansports.com I just released it and I also released another piece on the standouts of spring where I went position by position and broke down who was the top performer in spring at each spot as well as a, a, a lot, quite a few honorable mentions and the, the top newcomers as well there were six of them five freshmen and Caleb Tremblay were the, the new guys in spring so um, I broke that down. I actually did that through each week. I had the standouts of the week and then the overall standouts. So we have an archive where you can really follow along and see really everything I had done over the last month and a half. And then, of course, on the recruiting tip, Chris Swanson has you covered. Uh, you got updates on, like I mentioned Nearly a hundred kids. It's I don't know. It, I don't know how you do it, but you do it. And I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. Even yeah, no, I counted. And um, wonderful job by you. you. You don't really stop. And so I want to let everyone know: just because spring practice is over, doesn't mean that it's a dead period at TrojanSports.com. No, it's actually the evaluation period in recruiting, right. and I'm covering the heck out of it. Just so you know. Yeah. That's why we have a promotion as well. Sp- spring clearance? Yeah. Are we talking about this again? Let him know one more time. S- Run it back. Sign up now, and it's free until August. Right, just sign up for one month, and we will copy you until August. Is that our show? I believe so. All right. Well, stay tuned. We have a lot of great reporting coming, as Adam mentioned, and I will also be looking for JT Daniels' birth certificate, (laughs) so that'll be coming soon. Um, If you're not a member of Trojansports.com, please sign up. We have the promotion, as we mentioned, so it's a great time to do it. But it's usc.rivals.com slash sign underscore up. That's usc.rivals.com slash sign underscore up. We hope to see you there. For Adam Maya. For JT Daniels and his family, I'm Chris Swanson. Stay tuned. We'll see you next week. And uh, thank you, as always. We love you guys. We really do. We really do. We really do. We really do. I thought I'd go with something nice and soft at the end this week. I love that.